We had over 230 booths and one fun fact that I'd really like to highlight is we had over 100 new exhibitors. These are folks that had never exhibited with Arima before. So I do not know how they came out of the woodwork um, or off the train tracks or I don't know where they came from, but I'm so excited. There were 100 new exhibitors. We put signs up throughout the exhibit of those folks that were new to us so uh, people could recognize them and um, you know, not only to the new exhibitors, but all the exhibitors were just very appreciative of the support um, and to our sponsors um, for what they did. And to the new number, uh, this blew my brain cell. And that was we had 600 new conference attendees. And I'm going to say 600 plus, And that has never happened. Where they came from, we have no idea. But we are so thankful for the support. You may know the American Railway Engineering and Maintenance of Way Association, or ARIMA, as the, quote, keepers of the manuals. You may know them as the, quote, people behind the largest annual railroad conference in North America. Heck, you may not know about ARIMA at all. This podcast is designed, no pun intended, to change your view of who ARIMA is and how ARIMA has changed the trajectory of many railway careers over its 100-plus year history. Welcome to Platform Chats with your host, Walt Blesser, where he takes a moment to discuss the impacts ARIMA has had on the very people who are proud to be called members. Are you ready to roll with ARIMA? ARE Corporation is a proud supporter of ARIMA and Platform Chats. If you are looking to take your railway structures career to the next level, or simply start it down the right track, please visit us at arecorp.com. Please see our brand new job postings on our careers page or on our LinkedIn page. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Platform Chats. And when I say another episode, I mean episode 19. Can you believe it? I mean, we just uh, bombarded people's ears with two episodes at one time in August. And that could have been planned or that could have been because somebody forgot to upload an episode. But I'll let you determine which hap what happened there, but I did get a couple comments at the conference that people enjoyed getting two episodes at the same time. Uh, that said, I will continue to try to upload content once a month, uh, depending on everyone's schedules of the guests and, and my own included, since we are all volunteers here at Platform Chats and at Arima. And we are all coming off of a hangover of having our first conference in two years in Denver, Colorado. Um, that took place for some people. It actually took place starting as early as the 26th. Uh, many of you came in on the 28th of August. And for many of you, it concluded the 31st of August. Some of you might have stuck around uh, and had a couple committee meetings on the 1st or 2nd. And it sounded also like, in speaking with many of you, uh, came in early and enjoyed a little bit of time in the high country, uh, whether on the front side or on the back side of that conference, since we were right up against Labor Day weekend. Uh, so with that, and in the spirit of the conference and having it just had happened a couple weeks ago, uh, there was no way I could do that uh, the week of Labor Day because uh, everyone, I think, was just still in a 
you know, high. Uh, so I want everyone to calm down and get the jitters out before I sat down and talked with a couple people that had a very strong influence, uh, not only on the conference, but also on ARIMA in general. So this is uh, a little bit of our conference recap slash a pullback of the curtains of what happens uh, at ARIMA headquarters. So for many of you that are not in a chairmanship or above, if you will, leadership position, you may have little to no interaction with these individuals. Uh, if you are in a leadership position, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And or if you have put together webinars or seminars or you present the bridge inspection uh, conference, if you want to call it that, you have dealt with these individuals as well. So uh, joining me on episode number 19 here of Platform Chats, which I want to... Oh, one last shout out. I did make a quick check and we are officially... Number nine out of 35 of the Railway Industries Best Podcasts per the World Wide Web. Uh, so that means there's now 34 other railway podcasts, which makes me just wonder who those people are. But that's fine. So without further ado, I have two guests with me today. I have Desiree Knight, who is the Senior Director of Education and Meetings for ARIMA. And I have Miss Beth Caruso, who is the executive director and CEO of ARIMA. So I, they both have a lot of designations behind their names. And as just an engineer who only understands maybe PE or LEAD or PENG, um, these are lots of letters that I don't know. And it's, yeah, I guess there's no MD either. Um, I'll let them explain. So Desiree Knight, I'm going to let you go first with a designation of C-A-E, C-M-P, and D-E-S. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about what you do for ARIMA? How did you land at ARIMA? How long have you worked for ARIMA? I, I think the the, the uh, listening base would love to hear all about you. Wow, that's a, this, is, this is a long journey walk, so I'll go ahead and get started. So literally, I answered an ad, if you can believe that, back in the day where there were newspaper ads for jobs for a um, meeting planner for ARIMA in 2000. So I have been at ARIMA since 2000, so that means 22 years and counting. Um, I am responsible for all things education when it comes to ARIMA, and that also means the foundation. All of those acronyms means that I have spent a lot of time studying um, on how to do my job better. So CAE is Certified Association Executive, CMP, and I'm now a CMP Fellow, which means I've been a CMP for quite some time and I know what I'm doing. So that's a certified meeting planner. And then DES, um, unfortunately, during COVID, I needed to go back to school to get another designation, and that is Digital Event Strategist. Fantastic. And your role with ARIMA now, uh, most people would interact with you doing what? So I am responsible for um, most of, not most, all of the education content for ARIMA, which means I handle the seminars, webinars, the annual conference. Uh, regarding meeting logistics, I handle the board meeting. Uh, Reese, which is under our foundation, um, the educational content for the professors. Um, anything that has to do with professional development, it falls in my department. Perfect. And for the conference, 
specifically? I guess a lot of that would fall under your department, right? The conference is my department. So okay. uh, most of the bulk of my work is through the conference with the assistance of every staff person. There's not a staff person at ARIMA whose hands is not involved in uh, the conference. So when I say teamwork makes the dream work, it's really true because each department has their own uh, component of the annual conference because it is such a big entity. Got it. And I think the fun fact that I read when uh, preparing for this podcast is that you originally worked for TWA. I did. I worked for uh, uh, Transworld Airlines as my first transportation job um, in Los Angeles, which is where I was born. And uh, when I moved to the East Coast, I needed to figure out how I can transfer some skill sets that I acquired from a large trade show company. And then I did a aha, oh, maybe I could do meetings. So that's how I got into the meetings world. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, don't be offended, but I think there's going to be some listeners on here who are Googling uh, TWA uh, right now <laughs> to understand what that might be. Oh, All right, right good trip. No longer exists. That's right. Uh, Beth, have at it. All right. Thank you, Walt. Um, so again, my name is Beth Caruso. I'm the executive director and CEO of ARIMA. I came to ARIMA in 1999 and Des and I are showing our age because I too answered an ad from the Washington Post. Um, and that was in May of 99. And, um, I had no idea what I was getting into. It was an association job and the acronym ARIMA was noted. I had no idea what it was. Um, I always had a love of trains and uh, really didn't know what I was getting into. So um, when I went for the job interview and figured out kind of what it was going to be, I was pretty pleased with that. Um, and it's been a great fit for me all of these years. Um, I too earned the CAE designation in 2009. And in 2019, I was awarded the IOM graduate recognition, which is for completing a comprehensive course of study in nonprofit management. And, um, you know, I, I guess I wear two hats. I wear um, my association profession hat, but I also wear my hat for um, being in the rail industry. And while my love is with association um executive work and, and the professional aspects of that job. I love being in the railroad industry. Fantastic. And so you started out, when, when did you take over as the executive director? And that was in 2015 in September of that year. Excellent. So you've been here for, you had seven years and of those seven years, you had a couple challenging ones, I would think, uh, with COVID and the virtual conferences, et cetera, et cetera. No. We did have some challenges in our staff team, volunteers and leadership met the challenges. Um, they hit it out of the park. Uh, we had never done a virtual conference before and everybody got their feet wet, learned what to do. Des went and got her DES designation to make sure that she'd be able to provide everything you would need to be able to put on a strong virtual event. And after two years of doing that, Mama, where I, I was so excited about being in person. We just knew this year we were going to be in person. Yeah, that was a weird couple of years. And I do believe you left out one fact that I would appreciate if you didn't leave out uh, when introducing yourself. You do have a chihuahua. Uh, 
<laughs> yes, named, I do. Uh, named Brutus. <laughs> Yes, I do. And we've had many fond conversations about our little chihuahuas. And um, he is just a love bug. He's like a little child. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, mine did pass. And for all the listeners out there, I am definitely Aww. a chihuahua guy. Yeah, he passed away in, uh, oh gosh, was that in 2019? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Walt, to hear that. As a new parent of a puppy, I totally understand the love for a dog. Beth was re- quite surprised when I told her I had a dog and she was like, what? <laughs> There's nothing like the love of an animal for sure. Unconditional, right? That's Unconditional. right. I could say something there that I'm not going to. So <laughs> Please don't. I appreciate that. Oh, well, I know we're uh, here to talk a little bit about the conference recap. Um, what I did want to say is, you know, when was, this is kind of a fun one. When did you guys select Denver? Something tells me you didn't pick it uh, six months ago. So how, oh, how long was no. the planning process <laughs> to so get to the, Denver? So the talking about Denver started around 2012, actually, um, with a couple of site visits starting in 2013. The actual contract was signed in 2014. So uh, that's a good question, Walt, because people think that we wait until maybe the year before to start planning for an actual conference. But in reality, it takes about eight to 10 years to start working on and even thinking about the location, first and foremost, that fits within our um, environment. And then secondly, you know, you have to think about transportation um, as well. So um, it was a thought that came up in 2012 and then confirmed in 2014. Wow. OK. Yeah. So I moved here probably uh, 2011. So at that time, we had just been getting the Well, actually, the airport train wasn't open yet. Yes, so, it was not. Right. I remember that because driving even from your airport to the downtown Denver area, I was like, oh, this is a long commute. But then the train connected. So it was a perfect marriage. And we hadn't legalized marijuana yet. So. You had not. So I remember certain trips where I was driving from the airport to downtown. I'm like, what is that smell? <laughs> yes. Which leads me to the question that I've actually received uh, the most uh, since the conference that I was asked to ask the two of you, um, given this, it sounds like the conference went great overall. Uh, <laughs> did anyone uh, did anyone get arrested? No, oh. not that we know of. <laughs> not to my knowledge. And um, it's funny you call Denver the high country. So I just wonder, I mean, is that what, is that why, the, you know, it got so popular there? But we did yeah. not hear anything. So out of sight, out of mind, so to speak. I hope everybody is safe. <laughs> okay. Just, I just want to make sure I didn't hear of anything either. And I just wanted to kind of throw you guys for a loop. Officially, the high country is not Denver. Technically, the high country is west of here. So oh. it's going to be anything that's over around 8,000 feet. This is kind of what people refer Ooh, to. I, ha- that. I had a hard time uh, breathing in your mile high, so I can't even imagine 8,000 feet mm-hmm. above. So that's high. <laughs> the high country you're speaking of is is a different, uh, uh, that's more of a mental high country. I think. That's downtown on some of those back streets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our downtown was a little bit of a mess. I'm not going to lie. I, I, there was quite a bit of... Uh, there's still we're still reeling from the post-COVID uh, world that we all live in. The downtown mm-hmm. has changed substantially since then, but it did seem like uh, staying on the topic of the location. Uh, you know, I'm assuming you guys have to look for a certain number of meeting rooms, certain ballroom sizes, uh, hotel rooms. What? How many hotel rooms do you guys have to 
to look for for something like this? Just ballpark. So normally I'm looking for a fifteen hundred, um, and with COVID, um, we I, I, it was hard to tell what we were going to end up with. Okay, and and so same with and it, well, I mean, it looks like it worked out pretty well. So I it did. <laughs> I mean, it was, okay, yeah, it was. It turned out to be a perfect fit for us since the. Oh, let me note this. Well, I don't know if you know this little trivia piece of information, but this is the first time that Arima actually met in a convention center without other parties involved. So really? not only was it the first time in Denver, but it was the first time we met in the convention center by ourselves. So I really was looking for um, not only convention center space that was easy to walk, but I needed hotel rooms that surrounded the convention center. And fortunately, the package that's offered by Denver is really a great package because all most of the hotels were across the street. Yeah, they're right across uh, 14th Street there. Uh huh. Yeah, I did not know that. So yeah, so let's see. I started going to these things. Uh, my first one I want to say was 2005, and I want to say it was in the Palmer House uh, Hilton oh, wow. in Chicago. Mm -hmm. That sounds right. So, yes. So historically, I mean, this conference has been going on for for how long for Arima or AREA? When did you guys? Was it back in the? It was yeah for Arima. It was um. The Palmer House used to be the host hotel yes. for AREA and yes. some of the other organizations. So that was way back in the 19, you know, 10, 1920s. So it that's where it used to be held annually. So that's um, the historical yeah. kind of the OG for mm -hmm. AREA and or the predecessor organizations. Yeah, yeah I believe so the other ones did too. Yes. And so normally what Arima, I'm, I'm only speaking of Arima because that's the history I have for booking space. We would look for what's called a big box hotel, which would encompass um, our expo space and meeting and hotel rooms. So you really would, didn't have to leave the property. Everything was in one area. Okay. Kind of like a Vegas style. Of right. Correct. But because Arima's doing a bang up job with growing, we decided that we needed to expand our um, our space and look at convention center space so that we can grow our expo and grow our attendance numbers. We couldn't we've outgrown the big box hotel model. Yeah, I noticed we've gone from Palmer House. Then you guys moved to the bigger Hilton over on the, the Hilton Chicago. Chicago. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you alternated that with uh, railway interchange. Correct. Which typically was a convention center style mm -hmm. uh, expo. Okay. That makes Correct. sense to me. Yes. But now you're saying as of 2022 and moving forward, are, are you mostly looking for convention centers? We are only, yes. We are only looking at convention center space with hotels that marry well with that convention center. So um, we are booked currently until 26 for the even years. And then, 25 for the odd years and definitely in convention center and uh, with a good hotel package. So what does the rundown look like from 2023 to uh, 2020? You said six, I believe. What, what are yes. we looking at here? So Railway Interchange 2023 will be October 1st through the 4th. And then as we move into ARIMA 2024 Conference and Expo, it'll be September 15th through the 18th in Louisville, Kentucky. ARIMA 2025, those dates will be in the fall and will be in Indianapolis. 
And they are September 14th through the 17th. And then as we move into ARIMA 2026 Annual Conference and Expo, September 13th through the 16th in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh. Is that the first time for KC? Uh, yes. yes. We've had symposiums there, mm -hmm. but um, for our conference, yes. And Expo, okay. yes. And so that'll be in the, in the Expo Center there. Okay, so I, we've been to Indy mm -hmm. many times. And I heard, so is Railway Interchange going to continue on every other year? Uh, railway Interchange will not continue every other year with ARIMA um, being involved. 2023 will be our last participation unless we look at, look at some future events from 28 on. Um, our Board of Governors um, had been reviewing our relationship um, as it was comprised with railway interchange with our other partners and uh, for quite some time actually. And they recently exercised their fiduciary responsibility and acted to discontinue Arima's participation in the future. So I do want to make it clear that there were very, very, very many successes with railway interchange, but, the, and it was not an easy decision, but we are fully committed to 2023. We are actually, um, very active in working with all the associations involved, uh, RSI, REMSA, and RSSI to make sure that 2023 is going to be a, an excellent event. And the way it looks now is that while ARIMA will be having our own conference and expo um, starting in 24 through 2027 for sure, um, it Railway interchange may still exist with the exhibitor associations involved. And those dates most typically will be in the, the spring dates, and then our event will follow in the fall. So we're okay. fully committed. Wish everybody luck um, as they go off in these new endeavors. And, um, you know, we are, like I said, we are already planning for 2023 and having multiple meetings with all the groups and our relationship with the other groups remains steadfast and strong. Understood. And, and it looks like, I mean, we're getting big enough that, I mean, at least this conference, uh, it, it felt almost like a railway interchange. I mean, it just felt big. Uh, the, the main stage, uh, that room on Monday was, was just packed. Mm -hmm. um, the, all the breakout rooms, the technical session rooms felt bigger than I've ever seen them. Um, I mean, Palmer House Hilton, I remember going to a technical session and there was, it felt like there was 40 or 50 versus, you know, double that. It's just what it felt like to me. The rooms were really long and narrow, which was a little odd, but you could really get quite a few folks into those rooms. So, I mean, going off on our own seems like makes a lot of sense other than maybe seeing some of that really big equipment, which I think is always fun to, to look at. So we'll get to do that next year in Indy, it sounds like. We will okay. see that in Indy. All right. Cool. And then, of course, you know, nothing's permanent, seems like. So who knows what 2028 uh, has in store. But based on what uh, Des said uh, when she was researching Denver in 2012, so you're, I mean, are you looking right now, Des, what's the furthest date you're looking at in the future? Well, believe it or not, we are trying not to book that far in advance because look at what happened with us with COVID. And boy, was that uh, a challenge for us to get out of for 2020. Um, I had to pull all the stops out to get us so that we didn't have to pay for that contract. 
So now we're looking, I just had a meeting with Beth today and we were talking about uh, working on 2027 uh, with the possibility of 28 because we don't know what that's going to hold. Um, and then I have a list of cities that I'm going to go after uh, to see if they, first of all, even have the space available and if it fits within our time frame. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So where was 2020 supposed to be? It was supposed to, 2020 was supposed to be, where was 2020? Dallas at the Dallas, end of right. How did I forget? Dallas. <laughs> it was like a blur desk, like it a blur, like last, a virtual. Right. It was our last big uh, box hotel. It was going to be at the Hilton Anatole um, in September, right, Beth? I think it was yeah. September. Yeah. yeah, it was. And then 21 was? 21 was going to be in Indy. Okay. Okay. So we, so we missed Dallas. And then we missed Indy. Okay, got it. Right. Which, I do feel bad for the the Arima presidents of that time. I know Mr. Sparks and uh, Mr. Vic Babin, but I also thought it was very entertaining how you guys uh, presented them with a what looked like a golden N95 mask trophy. <laughs> That's funny. Well, that that is correct. It was called the COVID Cup, and I have since received two pictures from both Ed and Vic showing me that they've proudly displayed their COVID cup. <laughs> so they, they did get a kick out of it and I'm glad they're displaying it for all to talk about. <laughs> that is so funny. That was a great idea. Uh, well, let's do, let's do some fun facts here. So how many, um, do we have an idea of how many people actually attended both the uh, conference and expo in Denver? Yeah. So we were, I mean, slightly shy of 3,200. Oh, wow. Which and was, that... well, can I just say that it was truly unexpected? <laughs> we I budgeted mean... for it to be 25% less and, and we kind of almost met that budget. Yeah. The full, the full 100% budget. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, as we saw the numbers keep creeping up, we were like, this is amazing. Cause, uh -huh. uh, let's not forget, we're still in a pandemic, apparently. So uh, we, we honestly did not know what to expect. Um, and even at the last minute, we had exhibitors signing up for exhibit booths, um, sponsors. Uh -huh. uh, just, you know, the support that we received for this event was just amazing. Um, unheard of. Unheard of. And everybody was excited to be in person. It was great. That's really cool. 3,200 people. Wow. And it, how does that compare to, say, 10 years ago when we were in one of those big boxes, say the Hilton or the Palmer House? Yeah, 10 years ago, we probably were in the 2,000 range, like 2,800. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So we surpassed that for sure. <laughs> so significant bump. And how many people were in the expo? Do you have any idea of how many exhibitors? Well, there were, we had over 230 booths. And one fun fact that I'd really like to highlight is we had over 100 new exhibitors. These are folks that had never exhibited with Arima before. So I do not know how they came out of the woodwork um, or off the train tracks or I don't know where they came from, but I'm so excited. There were 100 new exhibitors. We put signs up throughout the exhibit of those folks that were new to us so uh, people could recognize them and um you know, not only to the new exhibitors, but all the exhibitors were just very appreciative of the support um, and to our sponsors um, and, for what and, they did. 
And to the new number, uh, this blew my brain cell, and that was we had 600 new conference attendees. And I'm going to say 600 plus, and that has never happened. Where they came from, we have no idea, but we are so thankful for the support. Yeah, that is, that that is a is, major number. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, that is really fantastic. So that's, yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think it plays into the fact that people are just excited to get back. I and, totally you know, agree with yeah. that, Walt. Uh, and that's the, all we kept hearing was, we're so glad to be face-to-face and not in a box. You know, so yeah. often we're so into uh, speaking to each other via whatever platform we're using and not being face to face. But it was even for me, it was just so and I know for Beth, it was just great to see everybody walk in the show floor and in the meetings. It was just such a great experience. And the yeah, only was, thing ahead. I could mention is that it was like a big old family reunion. It really um, was. There yeah. was a, a president, a past president that um, Chris Dodge, and I'm going to give him a shout out. Uh, I had not seen him for 15 plus years. Our staff hadn't seen him and it just, it made me, and he's local to Denver. So I was just tickled to see him. I was tickled to see all these folks that we hadn't seen for so long and to catch up with them. I mean, this is like, you learn about folks as kids and their families and their jobs and what they're yes. doing. And it was a family reunion. It was it just really great. Was. Mm-hmm. And and even on top of that, Walt, just not just the conference piece, but to even do face to face seminars. So I haven't done a seminar since COVID. I've, everything's been virtual. Uh, some uh, I've done a webinar for almost for everything that I can think of, and now we're doing face to face seminars. So that in itself was it made me smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I I've said this. I've been on the record for saying this many, many, many times. Don't get me wrong. The technical presentations are interesting. The, mm-hmm. the presentations in the general session are interesting. But you know, ninety percent of the value that you get is the hallway chat. Yes, uh, the networking. People for the networking, the dinners, yes. the lunches. Uh, I got to take part in a pretty neat tour of the Rocky Mountaineer, uh, which is a train that runs from Denver to. Moab. So there was a couple buses that took us out to the yard. Got to see that, um, you know, and just meeting new people along the way. It's just, that's the best part. Uh, I was really excited to meet a lot of the listeners that came out of the woodwork to say, Hey, and appreciate what we're doing with the podcast. And, uh, well, this know, podcast cool. came about because of COVID too, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good way to reach out to people and absolutely we're, we're still here. How how many uh, you know if you include all the general session presentations and all the technical tracked presentations on Tuesday, roughly how many presentations were there? There were over eighty presentations. Over 80. Yeah, over <laughs> eighty. Um, shout out to the program committee uh, that was involved in the review of all the abstracts. And so, I mean, I need to shout out to everybody just to say thank you. Um, It does not, it takes, uh, it's not one person, one group that puts this conference on. It is just a, there's many, many, many cooks in the kitchen. Um, Well, I have a term. It takes a village. Yes. (laughs) It really does take a village to put on a conference. And a conference, a conference of this magnitude. I mean, when I think about the conference operating committee, which, by the way, that the, those group of individuals that work on site, they wear those cobalt blue shirts. There is no other industry person that I know of, and I know a lot of people in the meetings industry that has what we have. We, they don't have a conference operating committee that that 
rolls up their sleeves. And if we need a sign move, they'll come move a sign. It is it just when I think about it, it just really makes me excited that we have a village that looks after not only us, but all of our members and the attendees. And just it just it just warms my heart. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of folks to thank to that degree. And everybody looks out for each other. Yes. Um, there, there's just a like I said, there's not just one person. It's a village. That's a mm-hmm. good way to say it does. So of those, you know, 80 plus presentations, uh, I guess the question that's on most people's mind is uh, why of the 80 presentations was the emerging technologies panel that I moderated your favorite? (laughs) Well, because of your suit you were wearing. Oh. Listen, and the glasses and the tennis shoes. No, no, seriously, it was a great topic. Yeah, um, we've been talking about that for a long time. So I'm just glad that that was, um, that came out, you know, came about, it was relevant. Um, Well attended. Well attended for a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, It was great. And Walt, thank you for being, let me thank you too. Thank you for being involved (laughs) in that and for doing our podcast. We'll throw that in there too. Yeah. I had a a great time. It was a really fun topic. Uh, I've received a lot of direct messages about it and, uh, you know, it, it does bring me to the next topic, too, of, you know, uh, there were several people that missed it just because they left on Tuesday. And I know I've mentioned this to you in the past and other people have said to me in the future, potentially there's a way to and I know you're I know you're thinking about this, so I'm not blindsiding you, but perhaps there is a way to make Sunday really open to the technical committee meetings, maybe opening the expo on Monday instead of Sunday and closing it on Wednesday, the question is, would that get more people to stick around? Because if you look at the room on Monday morning versus Wednesday morning, um, you know, I think a lot of people that were there Monday, uh, including a lot of the students and the younger people that we were trying to reach, I think they would have really enjoyed the topic on Wednesday. So is that is that something you guys are thinking about? Yeah. Des, we're going to take it. We've had yeah. some internal oh. discussions on that. Go well, ahead, Des. We've had internal discuss- discussions as well as external discussions. I'm, I'm working on the back end to see if we can shift the actual meeting to Monday, um, ex- the expo piece of the meeting anyway. And let me also point out, you bring up something where there were people that left on Tuesday. They will be able to see your presentation on demand. So all the, right. So the entire conference with the, um, the sessions, the technical sessions, as well as the keynote um, addresses will be on demand uh, sometime in October. We have a date. I'm just going to say the middle of October, Mm -hmm. but once that, once it's all uh, created on the back end, uh, attendees will receive a message stating that they can go on demand to uh, look at those sessions that they might've missed. And that's it was part of the registration. It was. And, and and I think I can honestly say that's another great thing, even though COVID was terrible for so many reasons, but it also told us that we needed to create uh, an advantage or a value to our conference for those that do not get to see everything. And this is our answer to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's actual videos. Yes. Oh, wow. Very cool. I did not know it's that. I mean, that's been recorded. Yes. Talk about a cool evolution. And once again, listeners, you get to hear it here first. I had no idea that was happening. Uh, I mean, I think when I started going, you handed out floppy disks. At the we end did. Of the 
<laughs> You're right. It was uh, um, uh, what do they call those things? I can't. Thumb drives. We were thumb drives. Drives. <laughs> and then we went to a link, and then we went up to uploading it, and now. <laughs> You will be able, now there still will be proceedings that uh, members and attendees will be able to view. Um, they should have already gotten them, but members will get the final view of the proceedings as a member benefit. And those will be available uh, probably in November, I believe. Um, but yes, and the on-demand piece is something that um, with our uh, purchase learning of a learning management system, mm-hmm. um it uh, allows us to be able to provide this value to members and as Des mentioned, for those individuals that weren't able to attend. So Walt, everybody will be able to see you at the panel <laughs> discussion, moderating, and those folks that missed it by leaving on Tuesday, they will still be able to see it, which oh, is fantastic. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. I did not know that. So that's a first for Rima. And that's, that is really cool. Uh, yeah. The only other thing I've, <laughs> was noticing throughout the conference. And I think you guys tried to hit this head on is uh, it actually distracted me. I'm not going to lie. When I walked out and I looked at the slide that showed pictures of who was speaking, I was like, whew, man, uh, the post COVID headshot uh, appears that a lot of us need to maybe update the, uh, the headshots. Cause I'm like that, that was me from 2015. I think that Wait, picture is- well- well, we have an answer for that too. You know, yes, we, we do. Shot lounge at the conference, so you could have taken a picture while you uh, were there to yes. update the photo. <laughs> there are many, many oh, day, no. days and times <laughs> scheduled for that, so make sure you see that next year. Heads, and that's for folks for their LinkedIn or yes. whatever professional. <laughs> and, and our photographer had a new way of doing it. You could see it instantaneous this year and get it immediately. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to take it and get it developed. No, no, no. Oh, you, you are way. Listen, yeah, you're, you're way. It's <laughs> pre COVID. You need to get with the program. We're now after COVID. Yeah, I yes. think I'm in uh, 1995 pre COVID there. Right? <laughs> not, not 2022. But okay, yeah, I know. I, I was giving you a hard t- I was literally, I saw Headshot Lounge multiple times and I thought, yeah, I should probably go do that. And then I forgot to do it. And then <laughs> I went out on stage and I looked at the slide and I was like, oh. And then I went to my LinkedIn and I thought, wow, that, that is old. People are probably like, who is this? <laughs> that is not well, what that guy looks like anymore. We will, um, it's likely, and Des can confirm, it will likely be done, done next year as well. So it, it, we, it's, already, <laughs> it's already approved. It's yep. in the budget. <laughs> yep, it's in the budget. And uh, while we highlight that for students to get out there, adults and those older folks <laughs> can certainly go in there and get their headshots too. It's open to all attendees. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, this has been fun. I mean, I think overall I'm hearing this was a success uh, with just the pure number of attendees, the the vibe, the uh, sheer number of new booths in the expo hall. Um, it seemed like the majority of the, the presentations went off without a hitch. Uh, I, I actually complimented the, the, the folks behind the screen there at the AV, I thought was really done well. Oh, yes. Yeah. That giant ballroom. Um, yes. I would, the, the last question, who, who suggested the uh, night, late 1990s uh, hip hop for the opening of the <laughs> For session? the music? I thought I was in the wrong room. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this feels like my, my prom from 1997. <laughs> we, we wanted to create an environment where you will wake up, and it sounds like it worked. It worked. Oh, it worked. <laughs> I bet your foot was moving. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, more than my foot. We were. <laughs> yeah, if you I notice, while well, the entire conference had a refresh, that's what I'm going to call it. It's been. It I'm going to say it's been rebranded. It felt new and fresh, and it felt like the conference had come a long way from pre-COVID. Frankly, it just absolutely it felt different. That, that, that was the was goal. An, that was <laughs> okay. And I'm so yeah. glad that you, you saw it. Yeah. Oh, I think we all did. And <laughs> no short thanks to the two of you and all the volunteers that have made it what it was. Uh, I would just put the Denver conference in the books as a success. Fantastic. And I want to thank both of you for being on the show today and sharing everything. This has been fun. I've just looked at the clock here and that went pretty darn fast. So... <laughs> It was pretty easy talking to both of you. I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, if you guys find a place for me, I can continue to to help you out. I don't think that's going to be a problem. We will find a space. You have a space, permanent space. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you, you're not replaceable. You're just, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be the same, Walt. <laughs> yep, this is true. I will. It's been a pleasure, sure Walt. That, I'll make sure my wife hears everything you just said. <laughs> Thank you. All right, you you two. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank thank you. you. Take care. Thank you for rolling with Arima on today's episode of Platform Chats. For further information about Arima, please visit arema.org or contact us at info at arema.org.